The following program may contain content that your kids would love to hear, but you may not want them to. Here's another idea. Oh, 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 where'd you come from? I've been walking next to you the entire time. <laughs> Frank! Frank! Where are you? Friday, he went back, and I walked by the table, and I said, how are you, Don? Nice to see you. He said, can't you see I'm eating, Frank? What are you doing? <laughs> Frank, what the hell are you doing? Hello, hello, hello. I'm Frank, remember? The results say that you, Frank, are absolutely not my father. But my father is a close relative, most likely one of your brothers. Dad has brothers? And you know, I, I think I met the one that sells smoked sausage and razor blades out of the trunk of his car. I think it means truth. Does it mean truth? In various languages, it means different things. Doesn't it? said the bugle. I'm down the Hallelujah Trail with the yours uh, truly, yours completely, yours entirely, Frank Atolo, the man whose name adorns the title of the show, Wonderful Radio. 
a whole bunch of things on my mind, a whole slew, a whole slew, a bunch, a bunch of whole slews on my mind of things. <laughs> and so, you're here with me, or else I'll tell it to the walls. So wake up, it's night. And at night, we replenish our precious bodily fluids as we listen to him, me, he, Frankatolo. of broadcasting because I say so. Be so you can say so. And that's all you need. So, let's move on. to Ice Cap, from Hamlet to City, from Othello, and into every bordello. It is once again time to trip my own light. Fantastic. I, I don't know where that came from. I think it has to do with uh, dancing in the 20s. And trip has nothing to do with psychedelics in that context. My name is Frank <laughs> I'm at, I I'm in a, a strange mood. And some people might say, and when, are you not in a strange mood? Because to other people, my moods are strange. And perhaps you don't uh, get them. But uh, sometimes, no, no, let's put this straight. All the time, anytime I have a thought, it is impregnated with other thoughts. So I, I think of something, and uh, there's a re, uh, it, re, it doesn't reverberate. It kind of like if you visualize this, and you can do it without the drugs too. <laughs> if you, if you, you ever see a um, uh, when we're in school in science class, and and when I was in school, by the way, when when they had to show a film, it was a film, and uh, they would roll in a uh, projector a film projector with the film on it. <laughs> Anyone staying with me here? You know, they used to have film. Or as, or as uh, my mother used to say, film. They used to have film. And we would uh, wait until they rolled in the projector and then they put the projector, I guess, around the third row. We had rows of desks. Maybe it was between the... If there were four rows... Well, anyway, somewhere in the middle. And on the top of the blackboard, there was... A screen. Now, it was rolled up, and the uh, encasement was put on the top of the blackboard so that, and it was stuck there somehow. I don't. Know. I don't know if they nailed it or whatever. But and uh, the teacher had to uh, get grab the little ring and 
pull it down like, you know, and this white sheet, which it was a screen uh, upon which you would show film <laughs> that was on projected. See, everything had their correct name. And in science, there was this famous, and there were only a certain amount of these, by the way, uh, throughout the New York City school system, there were only a certain amount of films uh, that were educational films. And these films already were, uh, were old. They, they were making new films for schools. At least we didn't get them in New York. Or, uh, and they made these uh, films uh, back... Well, I'll tell you how I knew they were old, because once uh, there was a uh, teacher, I remember his name, I don't remember everybody's name, Mr. Wagner. I had Mr. Wagner, he was a wonderful guy. Uh, and he... Uh, taught, uh, was it social studies, which encompassed uh, history. Uh, you know, social studies and history. Today they'd call it history. I guess I don't know what they call it or what they have called it. But back then they called it uh, social studies. And um, he showed us uh, some film. This is not the film I'm talking about, film, uh, because I want to get back to my thought here. I got to remember. Uh, he would, uh, he played this film uh, it was something to do with the, uh, the Nazis. It was some kind of uh, 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 a history film, film uh, about the growth of the Nazi movement. And because I remember that because of the, uh, there was this famous map which showed up on all these old films, uh, uh, documentary films, educational films about uh, World War II. And we were well gone, believe me. I mean, I'm not that old. I was in school uh, watching. This is like uh, uh, eighth grade. Eighth grade in a uh, school that eight, that went to seventh, eighth, and ninth. It was a junior high school. Okay, enough background. They put pulled down the screen and they showed this film, uh, which had to do with what we were studying. Okay, so uh, here's though what uh, what I found at the end of the film. At the end of the film, I noticed something, and uh, and nobody said anything. It went. It was done. The film was done, and it didn't burn out. But that's a whole other story. The film experience is a, is a separate hour somewhere. But here's what it is: uh, the film was done. And they had to rewind the film and then take the... Uh, sometimes they rolled out the projector. It was over and done. But at the end, I, I, I raised my hand. I said, excuse me, excuse me, Mr. Wagner. Yes. Yes, Frank. I don't remember his voice at all. But he was a cool guy for that time. And there were uncool guys for that time, you know. Cool guy. Uh, and I said, I said this, uh, this is a... Uh, uh, a uh, not a... Uh, not promotional film uh, is not the word I was going to use. It's a uh, oh now I can't remember the type. Uh, it's a it was a, a skewed American pro pro propaganda. That's the word I needed. Thank you very much. You guys are working. You have to work overtime to give me those guys in the back of my head subconscious. Look up the words I need to say and throw them through the <laughs> saloon doors. Anyway, uh, I said this is a a propaganda. Uh, film, not not that not that it's uh, 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 you know inaccurate or anything. And he said, "What do you mean by that?" I said, "Well, at the end of this film, <laughs> I said, at the end of the film, did you know it's uh, there were these two uh, insignias and it said buy war bonds, and <laughs> so it was the tag on it 
uh, was, uh, 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 you know, so it was a propaganda film. And probably, probably before uh, the United States got into the war. Because well, why would they need a propaganda film once we were at war? So this, this thing dated to before 1941, uh, which started the war uh, of two, <laughs> the war of two, World War II. And here we were in 1962 or three, maybe two, 62 or three, uh, uh, watching this. And, and uh, he said, well, how do you like that? And he hadn't even noticed it, Mr. Wagner, okay? Uh, but uh, so that's the kind of stuff we got. Uh, and and I, I say it had to be before then because I remember that map where it showed the, uh, the, this black shadow that went over France. And this, you know, and they were talking about what would happen if we let uh, the not, you know, Germany continue its march illegally taking over land and, you know. Uh, and they, and there's this black shadow covering Europe and going into uh, Russia, whatever. So, uh, uh, and and you know, then we talked the rest of the time. We didn't talk about the Nazis or what have you. And this, we talked about the film and the fact that there were propaganda films because uh, they wanted to. At one point, uh, they was to, how do you get the United States into the war? And of course, the Japanese. At the time, the Empire of Japan uh, uh, settled that for us by attacking Pearl Harbor on December 7th, uh, 1941, which, by the way, it was the date before my birthday, although I was not born in 41, but, you know, that's, that's that. But, so anyway, they, they had these films were that old. Again, there, was no, there were no new films. Uh, and they showed one uh, in hygiene, which was, I guess, it wasn't science, biology, whatever they called that particular uh, class subject at that time. And there, and so here's why I'm back to, did you ever see? And I remember them explaining to us the amoeba, the amoeba, this uh, shapeless. Well, it was a, it, it's not shapeless. Uh, because it has many shapes. It just doesn't have a particularly steady shape. It's not like a square or, or, or you know, a paramecium, which is a, a long, odd... Uh, it's an ame- it's amoeba. It's amoeba spelled A-O-whatever, like aorta. No, it's not like that. It's amoeba. And whatever an amoeba may be. But, and they showed this amoeba, and they said, this amoeba... And where I don't even remember. I, right now, I know nothing about amoebas. Even though this goes back that, even though I was taught it then, uh, it didn't come up much in conversations as I moved into my later teens and then to college. And believe me, of all the things we talked about, amoebas uh, did not pop up at all. Uh, but I do remember this visual. They showed the amoeba, and let's say the amoeba is that thought. I have one thought, okay? Uh, uh, and what happens? The amoeba becomes two amoebas. So the amoeba can split and become two amoebas. And then uh, the two amoebas can split and become four, two, four, six. And then they, the other ones, and it turns out the screen was just lousy with amoebas. There were amoebas everywhere. <laughs> and I don't know why <laughs> the word suddenly fa- sounds funny 
hilarious, in fact, <laughs> amoeba. And I don't know why it's called an amoeba or anything, but uh, that image, and I know nothing about amoebas other than they split and they split and they split and they split till they, there's a billion amoebas. Uh, it has to do with like cells do. They didn't show us uh, cancer cells, but that's how I believe what happens to cancer cells. Uh, later on, they showed that, and uh, and that was uh, uh, maybe I was in college. Although in co- by co- by the time you were in college, you know they still had films and projectors. Uh, amazing uh, to think we didn't sit back and go, you know, someday we're going to be able to all pick up our phones and we're going to see in high density, mind you. All of these films, and they're not films, they're videos. Videos, are you nuts? I did learn about videos in college when I took uh, 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 TV broadcasting. And, and, and yet, and that was uh, analog video, not video. Imagine one little contraption. It's all someone. Imagine there's one little contraption. You could make telephone calls and get telephone calls. You can play with all sorts of games on it. You can watch movies if you want. You can, everything, you know, what you have now, which is just ordinary. It's just ordinary now. It's not even special. And if you're born into this, uh, the generation, if you were born into the generation and continue to be people who are continue to be born in this generation, will think it's ordinary. There's nothing special about it. But uh, I learned about amoebas, which I, and I learned nothing about them. But that one thought, so what I had was one thought before it was time to uh, anywhere near to do this show. I was more concerned before this show with staying warm because it is becoming uh, cold and then freezing, I should say. Not just cold. Cold is cold. Freezing is is colder than cold. And uh, and I have on, <laughs> I have on, and also the, this is, there's a lot of, this the bad freezing, which would be if I came down here like I did do during the summer when it's burling down here, boiling, burling, burling like in uh, uh, film, as we say in Brooklyn. But I have a uh, uh, one, okay, I have one uh, over uh, sh- kind of shirt that, goes over here and then I have under that I have one of those thermal shirts okay and under that I have a black oh there's only three I didn't like I thought I they do get rid of the other one and they have a black t-shirt which is tightly wrapped around my uh, my chassis and then I have on my pants I have sweatpants and under the sweatpants I have uh what are they called? Uh, stretchies? They're stre- not stretchies. They're called uh, legging, leggings. I have leggings. And, and halfway uh, under the leggings, and these uh, um, clown, <laughs> I don't know what else to call them. You see them a lot in uh, <clears throat> young, young uh, uh, people. Young people wear these uh, crazy socks. They go all the way up to your thigh. If you want them to, you can fold them over. Mine happen to be to my, from my knees down. So I got these knees socks on, and and on, and over the feet of the of the knee socks, I have a pair of black socks, regular black socks. Uh, at the moment, uh, it it's warmer than it I I would like it to be. So, but it's easier to shed than it is to uh, add. Okay, when it's um, when it's hot, it's different than when it's cold. Okay. So, <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> so, wait, let me have a little coffee here. Uh, you, get your, you, got, you have your beverages? You need three. Always a three. Divine number of beverages. Uh, my, my coffee, uh, sweet as death. What? No, black as death. Sweet as love. And I've got the middle one. <laughs> you think I'd know it by now. Uh, uh, oh, oh, oh. Right. Oh, 
as bitter, as bitter as a grass, um, fried grasshopper. And was there a fried grasshopper? Okay. So the one thought came, uh, became two thoughts. And the one thought was this. I saw a movie this week that, uh, well, I'll tell you about the movie. And you could uh, see it if you can stream it and get it anywhere. I don't know if movies cost anything anymore, just the streaming cost. Or I don't think it's in a theater. Or maybe it's in a theater in your town, in your place, where you live, where you visit, whatever. So I see this movie, and it uh, and there's someone in it. Uh, there's a couple of peop, uh, peep actors in it that I uh, I actually like. Uh, and I, I know of the director. I don't know the director. I never met the director. I know someone with the director's last name, but let's not go into that. Uh, and... Uh, and this uh, movie just made me think, uh, at, uh, not about the movie either. I had to go look up uh, what was going on with this movie until I found out, and I'm going to tell you about what one reviewer uh, said. But, uh, but, but that, that just brought up an, another thing, and that was one of the uh, actors in the movie I, uh, had, is, is a member of a cast of a couple of years ago, the uh, Best Picture uh, Oscar winner, um, and 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 a guy, uh, he's a guy who I just love in most of his movies. Well, when a movie he's in, I think he brings a an amount of. Uh, I think he contributes greatly to any cast. How about that? Okay, but I was uh, going to talk about a, um, a movie called Green Book, and and I think I mentioned it a couple of uh, weeks. Uh, weeks ago, so now I'm going to talk about this movie Green Book, which also has something to do uh, with the uh, with education, and so therefore you see how this is all comes together. So now this amoeba thought, which was watching this movie I saw with a guy named with Vigo Mort Mortensen. Is it Mortensen? Mortens Morkendensen Mortgensen? Something like I don't even know how to say his name. Morgensen, maybe it is. Uh, not Morgan or Mort Morkinson. Who? Vigo. I call him uh, Vito. I, you know, Vigo. I don't know what name it is. I don't know his nationality. I don't care. But it's V-I-G-G-O. And you must have seen him. because. But he was in this new movie. Uh, and I haven't seen him in movies recently other than Green Book. And I was going to talk about Green Book. Not about Vigo, but talk about Green Book, which is, as I told you, uh, 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 has strong educational uh, qualities to it socially and i wanted to tell everyone that uh, and college wherever you are even i think even uh, by now kids uh, what we call kids are uh, mature enough at certain ages uh, to be shown movies like this that could see them at home it's uh, you know i don't care what it's rated the point is uh, uh, it's something i think uh, would be wonderful in schools and yet i know there would be political uh, repercussions for it but i think you know i trust uh, the younger uh, generation uh, the the gen i trust the g g the z like <laughs> my lost my the amoeba generation i trust Disease, I'm going to call them disease, Gen Zs. I think that's what we're talking about. Uh, way more than most people do. And certainly in parts of the world where uh, there's a conservative thread in various uh, uh, teaching 
institutions, uh, you know, high school up. And I'd say high school. I think, you know, in high school, I bet kids, uh, and you, if you haven't seen Green Book, then you don't know what I'm talking about. But I, it's an essential piece. It's a beautiful piece. It's a true story that was uh, based upon <laughs> two people and a lot of people, but two specific people. And it's not just that I have uh, a uh, uh, some kind of kinship with the uh, Vigo's character, uh, but it's just that I did not expect this movie to be anything uh, as it was, and it and it was touching. And and uh, uh, so I was going to bring up Vigo in uh, that movie, but I was going to talk about the uh, social value of that movie. And then what happens? This other movie comes along. And I said, I'm going to watch this movie because of Vigo. Now, it wasn't just because of Vigo. It's also because of uh, the, uh, the, the other, fe- the female lead. Uh, and I, you know, I cannot, I've heard her name pronounced, but I, uh, Leo de Salvo, it's something, it's some French name. And you might have seen her. She it was in two James Bond movies. And she played uh, the, uh, the one that James Bond, she was in the newest one with Daniel Craig and the one before that. She was in uh, Spectre and in uh, No Time to Die, which is the worst title in the world, but that's another story. Uh, so I like her, and she was also in the uh, uh, movie called The French Dispatch, and uh, she's, just, she's great. I won't go into other things. point is, oh, when Kristen Stewart is hanging around, doing something to So yeah, they're good, but... I said, oh, Vigo movie. There was nothing to watch. I said, oh, look, he's in this movie. And I said this to myself because no one is there to share this movie. I said, hey, I'm going to watch a Vigo movie. Why not? I you know That's what happens. There are certain uh, actors who I can rely upon to satisfy my tastes of drama. And Vigo is one of them. Maybe, you know, I think he chooses his movies uh, carefully. And looks for values that uh, are important, not just to him, but to all of us, whether you like it or not. So, uh, so there was Green Green Book. So I want to say, Noel Lambs, I'm going to talk about this movie, Crimes of the Future, as science fiction, but not science fiction like uh, rockets and stuff. This is on the ground science fiction in a time, uh, you know, way we don't know why you speculate. Certain and I have a certain uh, penchant for, for for science fiction uh, in the future, uh, in a world uh, that is created uh, for various reasons. So I, I and here's Vigo. So I'm going to watch this movie, and you know I didn't get a half hour into this movie, uh, and I listened very carefully. I'm not even going to complain about the volume, which I complain constantly about uh, flatbed TVs. Is it flatbed, flat screen, flat, you know, uh, and the problem with the volume, because that in itself is, <laughs> you know, it's going to turn into what, uh, 50 minutes. Uh, but I'm, I'm watching it and I'm, you know, when I started, I, I got hopes for it, but I'm going to be objective and, you know, any movie could stink, even a Vigo a movie could stink, I think. And, and by the way, uh, Vigo first, well, be, I wouldn't say, I'm going to say first introduced because I, how many times he introduced, he was introduced it to me in a movie I've talked about on this show 
some time ago called A History of Violence. A History of Violence. Please, if you have your Cotolo Chronicles notebook, write this down now. Uh, write the names of these movies. I guarantee you, if you're capable of capable, I say capable in a sense, not like you have to be smart or stupid, but you have the patience and tolerance to listen uh, to me in this wonderful show, radio uh, be, because, uh, you know, it's different than anything else that's ever out there and ever will be out there. <laughs> okay, ever out there. It's not your, uh, you know, your, your controlled podcast. This is a kind of show, you know what, this, this is a wonderful radio. And I'm reading a, and I've mentioned this too, I'm reading a, a I, I don't know how wonderful it is, but it's, uh, it's filled with information, biography of Marlon Brando and, and learning how much uh, Marlon Brando, I'm like Marlon Brando in, in uh, how much, not a lot like him and not looking like him and not a lot like him, but uh, in terms of how I approach uh, art and uh, things that I've done and performing and stuff. Okay, so in, in, when watching movies, I like uh, certain things. Okay, bye. All right, and um, uh, I say that because uh, Vigo, why did I say that? I said that because, uh, oh, uh, I'm, I'm all for how movie. no, I don't know why I said that. It had a specific point, but it left me. Guys, you want to go back and, okay, fine. I was, all right, I was introduced to Vigo in a wonderful movie called A History of Violence. Uh, that's why I said it. And, and that movie had uh, values, social value. I think that was why, because Brando was really into social value, values in movies, otherwise he didn't want to make them, but that's another story altogether. And that's, uh, you know, maybe. I don't know. Okay, so this movie called Crimes of the Future is a product of a guy named uh, David? Krogenberg? Is it David? I get confused because of the Krogenberg I knew. Is it David Krogenberg? I think so. You might know him because he was in any number of um, uh, movies. Uh, but all sorts of... Yeah, Cron oh, I'm sorry. Cronen Cronenberg. Uh, 100... Cronenberg. Boy, I'm having problems with names and, uh, and and her name, Leo Samang and Vigo Morgenden. Okay. Uh, so I don't sound very intelligent. Ah, sorry, ah, sorry. The very, <laughs> the very uh, alarm went off. I'm not going to go through this every single week. If you listen, you'll know what's going on. But I want to read. I I started to read reviews of this movie. It so confused me. Thirty, forty, forty-five minutes into it, uh, that I had to. Uh, Turn it off. But I would watch the whole thing. I knew I was going to watch the whole thing. Sometimes I just turn them off. I don't like it. But, you know, if these, especially Vigo, if Vigo found something rewarding about this script and what was going on in this movie, I'd, you know, I'd like to share that because he hasn't let me down. Okay, so I go and I start reading reviews, which uh, I always go to the Robert uh, Ebert, uh, rest in peace, Robert, which is Roger, by the way, <laughs> no friend of mine. I didn't know him, so I don't know what to tell you. Roger Ebert's uh, website still presents uh, reviews of uh, films, and there's a team of people who probably studied under Roger, e Roger Ebert, 
uh, and although I don't think any of them do any uh, creative writing, they do make a review of a film deliver to anyone who might be confused. And they see a lot of things, sometimes even if you understand an entire film, they'll write about things you might have said, oh yeah, right, yeah, like that, and this, okay. So uh, I started reading the reviews and I felt good. I'll tell you, well, I felt well. I felt well because the reviewers were going, hey, what's going on in this movie? And I mean, they're reading a bunch going, hey, what the heck? There's this, this, and they start explaining it uh, because as a reviewer, the, uh, reviewers, you know, they'll tell you there's a spoiler alert. They don't want to ruin anything for you, but they've seen a movie that you haven't seen yet, most likely, and people read the reviews to find out uh, if they have, uh, you know, if they should jump into it. They're not all like me. They don't all go, hey, it's a Vigo movie. Let's go see a Vigo movie because it's Vigo time. <laughs> Two Gs. Ten, what you mean, Vigo? Mark Zarkmanson? Mark Mayu? Markson? Markson? Mortkinson? Is it Mortkinson? I'll look it up later. We'll do it together, maybe. Uh, so I'm reading, I'm, and I'm one after another, these reviews. They're not long. Because they don't know what to write about these. <laughs> well, here's what happens. And they do tell you a bit about what happens, which in this case is good because what's happening in this movie is like, what? What? It's like Amber Ruffin would say, you know, she went to see Crimes of the Future and the actors are rolling around and, and they were they had weird things about their bodies. What? And I said, what? So so Amber's, what? Do I have to? I don't have to pay her royalty for that, do I? No, I don't. So, um and I went, geez, this is this is me. I guess, I guess, I guess I. But I was curious beyond just giving it up, as I usually do with a movie. If I'm not getting anything from it, even if I'm understanding it, and it's not just delivering what a movie should deliver in the first uh, at least half hour. Sometimes it's uh, it's less than that. Script readers don't read. 30 minutes of a script. If they don't get it in the, fir in the first 10 pages there, it's going into the waste paper basket or is it the out file? Uh, I don't think they throw them out. I don't think they give them back. Long story. Another, an entirely different adventure involved in that. So let's go to this. Well, so did I give up? No. I was just about to give up, as the case may be, when I read this headline to a review. Crimes of the Future is the name of the movie. Right? Crimes of the Future is not about anything. Now, if you're as particular as I am with film in terms of it being entertaining, educational, uh, important, and uh, not important, uh, um, you know, uh, memorable, you know, a possible emotion that uh, uh, it, uh, it, it gives to you, that it, that it ignites, let's say, you see a, a number of reviews that are not explaining much more than you know already, which is little. And then suddenly, I came about this. And the, the amoeba is breaking up now, okay? I, I know we're into, uh, it wasn't, by now it was into three because I, my mind was, was straying to other areas as I was trying to understand the movie in the first half hour, but I didn't. Then I read these other thoughts about movies, about 
you know, storytelling, all the other. My, my thoughts are just, uh, my, my amoebas are filling up whatever area they fill up when there's uh, when they decide to split into, uh, you know, and the friend of a friend of a friend of a friend of a friend. Okay, and I and I read this, and the fr- now look at this, the first <laughs> paragraph of this review, uh, as I'm in, I just said they, the Abibas have already been multiplying, and they read the first paragraph splits. All of the ones that have been split into three more others, and it just leaves me in some weird space where I have to stop and literally sweep the joint up, and the joint being my head and that part of my brain that's uh, now, you know, all this, these thoughts are now just clouding whatever room, clouding thoughts, cloud, well, they were cloudy thoughts, they were clear thoughts, they were weird, uh, take me somewhere things, but other thoughts. And I'm going to read to you the opening, if not the whole thing, of this review. And and I always give these people credit, but you know what? I didn't. Uh, no, I didn't even take uh, the name of the reviewer. But I'm going to read this to you. Uh, I remember, and you know, you might have had a similar experience, uh, but with a movie, and sat through it. You know, if you don't like a movie, a lot of people don't want to turn it off because they just want to see what happens or what goes on. Then they want to make their decision after they see the whole thing. I've never been like that with books or anything. I think I I just can't continue if I'm not satisfied by a certain point. Uh, We'll make no comparisons to uh, life's pleasurable experiences (laughs) from that. Crimes, here's the headline. Crimes of the future is not about anything. That That's a great headline. I got, I have got to, got, what's with the got? God, God, <laughs> God, I'm here, okay. The title of one of Susan Sontag's greatest books and essays. Now, Susan Sontag has nothing to do. This is the introduction from this person to get you into a review about a movie that it claims in its headline is about is not about anything. Think about that. It's not about anything. The title of one of Susan Sontag's greatest books and essays, which is called Against Interpretation, speaks to something often ignored on the internet or in fan culture. Quote, uh, not quote, uh, um, colon. And this is what it is, this thing here. Nothing needs to mean anything. Nothing needs to mean anything. Now we're talking about film, storytelling. We're talking about a classic form of entertainment in multimedias. But it says here, often ignored on the internet. Uh, That's true. Okay. Now, when being interviewed about his swan song, um, uh, Inland Empire, David Lynch said, quote, As soon as you put things in words, no one ever sees the film the same way. And that's what I hate, you know? Talking. It's real dangerous. 
I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull the, uh, the uh, false modification button for David. <laughs> Real. It's dangerous. Think about that. As soon as you put things in words, he says, no one ever sees the film the same way. And that's what I hate, what David hates, you know? Talking, it's dangerous. Now, with that said, now I'm back to the review. With that said, it's perfectly okay to not understand a minute of crimes of the future. Okay, now we're promoting a movie and you don't have to understand anything. And then Vigo's going to have to get you through it and the, anybody else you like. Kristen Stewart's going to have to get you through it. Its plot is abstract and its world-building vague. Its themes obscure and its characters opaque. Ah, well, <laughs> I read that. I go, now I'm feeling better because I would, if I had to write a review, a review, I might be cruel. And that's not cruel. That's intelligent, saying it, writing it, expressing it this way. Uh, again, its plot is abstract and its world building vague. <laughs> I love that. It's world building vague. That's a wow, an entire world where it takes place in the future. Vague. Oh, and of course, not that it rhymes or matters, but it's also its themes are obscure and its characters opaque, which means uh, <laughs> I can't see through them. It's just what? What? Um, Unlike teenagers, I'm back to reading this. Unlike teenagers, this movie does not cry out to be understood. Like food poisoning. <laughs> it gives the viewer a gut feeling. Flight or fight, run away and never watch this horrifying, <laughs> awful, or sit with the masterpiece and confront the enigma. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, just don't. It's only a don't. Just get the feeling of the atmosphere, the sense, the untouchable, intangible. Uh, smell and taste and sound of the senses. What do the senses interpret this? If you stick around long enough watching this and you get sucked into its dark and otherworldly atmosphere. It is truly an experience, even if you don't understand a lick of it. <laughs> this guy is, this guy is, uh, this guy, this is a great review. He's giving it a great review. Uh, Crimes of the future is a feeling, an unsettling gesture, part nightmare, part techno prophecy, and 100% Cronenberg. Ladies and gentlemen, 100% Cronenberg. Has Cronenberg ever delivered a 50% Cronenberg? I'm sure he has. I don't remember off the top of my tongue, which the top of my head or the lick of my tongue or whatever. Uh, many of the movies, I think he did the, I think he did the fly. No, that was that the other guy or was that him? I don't know. But that, the fly's a whole nother story. Okay. For another time, if we get there ever, if we ever start to start to find, uh, see the light at the end of the of, tunnel of all these stories that I have from one thought. So, he's saying, and I have to agree with him, that there are movies that have nothing to do with anything. They're, they're simply giving you a feeling. You could say that about many 
types of media. You could say that about uh, certain books. You could say that about let's uh, and, and films. Yeah, you can too. A lot of part of a film. Uh, take uh, 2001, a uh, space odyssey. So much conversation about what happens once uh, the cure delay character goes beyond uh, the uh, the what into space so deep into space and and he's affected by the uh, uh, by the uh, the big uh, wall it's not a wall I forgot monolith the monolith and, and the very uh, ah, okay and the <laughs> the uh, definition of the monolith which is never explained and 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 he goes and he becomes an old man and he goes he's into this time warp thing that has to do with uh we don't know don't know and uh, you're just supposed to get the sensation of being in this place that you don't know now that's just a piece of that movie <laughs> of 2001 then the entire movie has to, and and this entire movie uh, crimes of the uh, future. It has to do with evolution. It, you know, now you're saying, now you know what I'm doing. See what I'm doing right now? Oh, yeah, you're saying it does have something to do with something. No, that's me. As, as my my loving and uh, and uh, uh, deeply uh, wise father, deeply wise father said, it does have something to do with some nothing. It has something. It has something to do with something. Or as uh, Shakespeare said, nothing will come of nothing. So this movie has nothing to do with anything, but it's supposed to give you a feeling as a human being, and you're supposed to supposed to. If he has done this uh, to its utmost, it will affect certain people and I'm talking about um, uh, a specific a finite number of people most of them who are already uh, Cronenberg uh, fans because the way I would watch a Vigo film uh, so the fans of Cronenberg would go oh Cronenberg directed it yeah people would go to a, a certain movie they haven't seen if it was a director they liked or, or the music or whatever makes you uh, or attracts you to it, the effects, the uh, the actors, anything, the writers, anything. It'll, oh, your friend was a sound editor. Or, you know, and that's the way it was in Hollywood, too. And you got to see a lot of films. Uh, I got to see a lot of films before they were released because uh, I knew people who were in uh, 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 involved in movies and, and they would invite other people because there'd be a screening before it was released for the, uh, the staff, different screenings, uh, one for the crew, uh, another for uh, the crew and the friends and friends of this and the, another for the actors. And blah, blah. they show the movie like 10 times before it, it, it's released. So I used to see a lot of those uh, movies. Uh, and uh, uh, so then so the people in there have something invested in it. Because their work is up there. Cronenberg uh, doesn't do everything. Not every director does everything. Some of them do nothing at all. So, you know, and there's nothing. And then you go, what's it, what's it like to be a director? Well, you have to learn to do nothing just so you can make movies like this, which mean nothing to anyone. It's like, why? Why? And uh, so I don't know how to feel about this uh, movie other than to say uh, I didn't like. So the feeling I received was uh, it was like I didn't get I don't think I received what Cronenberg cared to 
express. And I didn't want to think about, I didn't want to think through through it so that I came up with ideas, which, of course, in my case, I know would split into hundreds of thousands of other ideas and that would be the end of it. So I didn't do that. But I'm sure a lot of people were uh, forced into uh, conversations about this movie, which is about nothing. And, and the other reviews I, 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 uh, I read did pluck out. Pluck out? Out doesn't work like up. Pluck up? No, no. None are going with the ups and the outs. They plucked possible themes and ideas and stuff from what they saw. And that caused a conversation and uh, that uh, causes people to think. And whether their amoebas split up into millions or not, they go out and have a cup of coffee or some amaretto or some, they drink wine or whatever they do. And they get drunk or they get high. And then, uh, you know, then they go, once they get high, they go, oh, I get it, man. <laughs> oh, I get it. You know, once I, uh, yeah, I got my, once I uh, took some weed, I got it. And then I'm uh, The other movies, the other Vigo movies are nothing like this. As I said, uh, this is the exact opposite of Green Book in every possible way. Not because it's, uh, uh, and not because Green Book is a true story. Because true stories brought to the screen uh, change a lot because they have to tell an, a story that runs over blah 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 uh, amount of years or times or days or whatever, and they don't give you every moment of it. They just give you the parts that. Uh, accept the form of a dramatic piece. So, you know, start on build up characters going down and then they change and they learn something or they love and they turn it. Okay. Uh, so, uh, but they do it fine. So even when you see Green Book, on the, by telling you it's a, it's a true story, uh, I, anyone would be uh, giving you a misrepresentation because the people who are playing the real people don't know the real people. They're acting and they do things and change things such as we, <laughs> we get back to Marlon Brando who didn't have any respect for uh, the films he was in based on books because that character, I like, I like the character this way and not that way and I want to say this and say that. Okay, so... You know, it's tough to go from film. So, you don't see it. But uh, Green Book, uh, and I didn't know it was an actual movie, so I was going, that's a, a... So it was written by someone I thought made it up, which is fine. And it, though it was real, uh, it's still made up in many ways in order to give you a feeling and themes, something... You get many things out of the movie Green Book. Vigo movies, as I'm saying, have this quality. The ones I saw that I felt were good. A History of Violence certainly did that. Green Book did that. He was also uh, made his own movie. Made his own movie. He, he, I don't know if he wrote it, but he directed a movie called Falling, also streaming somewhere. Falling, uh, and that's another high power. I don't want high powered. That makes it sound like Stallone is in it. <laughs> it's high powered, you know. Uh, 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 
Wait, what's, what's I gotta do my Stallone now? I, if I can remember how to do it. When I watched all the, uh, I can say Everglades. See, you see what I'm saying? See what happened with that, that amoeba? That thought? The Expendables. When I watched all three, expen- by the way, there's another Expendables coming out. These guys are jumping around, running around. They're 80-something. I should not worry at all because they're older than I am and they're doing stuff. That's So I'm not worried. Uh, this movie, Falling, is different. Vigo plays a, 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 a gay man married to a, a gay man. And um, they have a daughter from the previous marriage. And Vigo's father is uh, an old man with uh, qualities uh, very, um, ah, sorry, I said very, I'm sorry, see, I'm catching it, I'm saying it less, and I'm going to be all right, I'm going to be all right. It's about uh, his father who has all sorts of uh, dementia going on, and it just amplifies the cruelty that, runs through his personality because of his father and and how cruel and dissatisfied as a human being he was to his son and daughter. And Vigo plays the son who grows up. And the guy, uh, the, uh, the, and I don't know that actor's name. I've seen him in any number of movies. Um, but he's fine. He's perfectly cast. But it's a Vigo movie. And what I'm saying is, if I read you a review of Falling... It would be immensely different than, not just different. See, I had to, I had to put an adjective onto that. I mean, different, uh, different. I mean, <laughs> I'm sorry. I should not, I should not bring to this microphone in jokes, right? Because because it's you and me, and it's not me and whoever. <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, so to, to see this, uh, uh, now what do I, uh, what do I do? Nothing is in itself a, well, you know, let me, let me put it to you this way. If anybody out there, and I'm sure many have because there's still people making millions of dollars off of it, watched the uh, Seinfeld, the, the sitcom Seinfeld. If any of you saw any of those, uh, maybe you got to the point where uh, the uh, uh, a, a production company wants Jerry to be a star of a sitcom, and he and George uh, have to write a sitcom, and uh, you know, using only what they know about their lives and their friends. Okay, so because uh, um, the producers are trying to take advantage of Seinfeld, which is literally what happened, but okay. Point is, uh, they decide to make a sitcom about, and this is brought out as part of the joke of it, but it's true, because it does create a form in itself of of sitcom that hasn't been uh, popularized before. But when they go see the producers, they go, it's a show about nothing. And you've heard that. It's about nothing. Every episode's about nothing. There's, couple, there's this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, and a half hour, they do nothing. <laughs> and they and they talk about nothing uh, as if it is a 
form like horror. It is a category. I like horror, romantic comedy, drama, old, you know, Western, spy, you know, these categories, action, comedy, right? So this is about, so that's what they, uh, and they bring to the table something uh, that, something, <laughs> they make something of nothing. And that I understood because uh, so many pieces of uh, art throughout the ages have used nothing as a, uh, a genre. Early on uh, in Bob Dylan's, you know, Bob Dylan has a book out. That's another show altogether. I'm not even going to go there. But he, uh, the, he was uh, approached by any number of uh, book publishers early on. I don't know how early on, to be honest with you. Maybe it was late 60s. When, 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 you know, when even he had a top 40 hit. So, like, oh, yeah, you can be up there and make people go see him all the time. There's a following. It's, it's like in those days, like in these days, where it's like, how many followers do you have? See, it's a following. That's where, you know, people, you should understand this, uh, younger. Uh, they, do you follow him? They go, you follow him on Instagram? You follow him here? You follow him? The following uh, has to do with the, the term following. Is a following. Any number of fans, a fan base, which in politics is like, well, it's base, it's base people. You know, it is, it's all, it all has a re- representative silly um, it's that fell in, I fell in that rabbit hole with that. Okay, so they did a song about nothing, but uh, the, uh, the publishing companies went to, as they do to everybody, all the comedians. How many comedians are there out there that have that come out with books as soon as uh, they're approached and they don't know what they're going to write about? They're rubbing nothing. They write jokes and funny stories. Okay, so. Uh, they went to Dylan. They said, "We're going to expect a book from him. That's going to be whoa, whoa. Is that going to be good?" They're going. We're going to sell like, and the publishers are like, "Whoa, we signed a deal with Dylan, and you know everybody's going to get those books. It's following. Everyone's going to love it. He's going to have deep stuff in there." And everything. so he uh, wrote a book titled Tarantula, and for all due purposes. It was X amount of pages. I don't know. I mean, look it up. You could look it up at Amazon. I'm sure somebody's selling it. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people are selling it. Uh, it's uh, it's just a prose poem. Uh, it it doesn't take any form. It's it, it's not you know a beginning. There's no beginning, middle, and end. It's just a big mush uh, without a timeline, and that in itself is a form. Okay, uh, and and uh, even when he does uh, things that are uh, editorial and historical, or or is his book, Chronicles, uh, which and that's right, that book came out. And he called it Chronicles, not 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 because he read this, read not because he heard this show. He may have heard the show and said, "I like that show because it doesn't know where it's going and it never knows when it's going to end, and it's not there for any particular purpose." So it's like, so you know, and yet. Uh, we're not going to get into my Bob Dylan story. We're going to tell you that that book uh, just a complete flop. Even with his following. Now, 
in his following, if, his, if all of the people who are loyal to him as an artist and as a recording art person, or a, uh, if all of those people who go see him again and again because he live when they come to town, all of those people is an amoeba. You have to, you have to see that it uh, it shrinks. It's like it's like the amoebas come already. Already they're crowded. So his following is uh, it consists of the amoebas that have already separated and are covering an entire, let's say, circle. All the amoebas, that's his following. All the thun in because one and the other, because well, no, no two people are alike anyway. So right, and um, uh, uh, but the people who bought that book was a piece. <laughs> of the amoeba reproduction population. So they were like, and, uh, and, and uh, yes, there were people out there who loved it because they love him, but not because they know anything was going on. And I don't know who has a copy of that book, except maybe my good old friend Marvin Pluth, who I'm sure uh, the uh, first and foremost uh, Brooklyn uh, 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 pop culture Encyclopedia and a Dylan fan beyond belief, but not uh, not uh, uh, without cause. There are things he doesn't like. There's a lot of things people don't like about what he does. But Dylan does what he wants to do, and uh, in the certain in the way that uh, Marlon Brando did, and lots of times the way uh, uh, I could be in I'm in that school. Okay, I just don't hit people uh, with uh, uh, the, uh, uh, the dollar sign value that those guys did. But okay, I'm not wanting to do that for any particular reason other than to show you that it's just nothing. This, it's nothing. Uh, and I, I could uh, find many things about movies that, uh, that are formulated exactly as they should be in script form or what have you. I've been writing a series of articles for a magazine uh, that uh, has to do with uh, writing a script a certain way. And I've, I've taken part in writing scripts and I've written things for uh, people uh, who did that on stage and sang things. Okay, fine, but the point is uh, this movie, is, uh, you just don't and you're not going to see a great deal of talk, of uh, money. Well, you're not going to see any money. You're not. This film is just going right into the, right into, right onto the shelf somewhere, and of course, that's what uh, you know. That creates cult classics are created that way, and there's many reasons why people could like this movie and may like it more ten years from now, or twenty years from now, or never. Doesn't matter. Uh, it has a, its own quality. And that's what this guy is saying. Uh, he's saying, as Susan Sontag said, he opened it with Susan Sontag's essay called, remember, the title of it is Against Interpretation. Uh, Bob Dylan's book, Tarantula, may have given some people a, a kick of one way or another because of that. Right and people who liked, let's say, Marlon Brando's version of uh, of uh, when he played uh, Mr. Uh, Fletcher Christian, man, 
and grabbed that name. Thanks, guys. Back there from the uh, <laughs> the British, uh, the British sailor uh, officer uh, in the. Uh, Story of Mutiny on the Bounty. And by the way, Mutiny on the Bounty is based on a true story. But the movie, and there were three of them. There were three interpretations of that movie. But Marlon Brando, what he did to Fletcher Christian when performing as Fletcher Christian, not the Fletcher Christian in the book. Uh, but so that's another one of those things. So he just took it upon himself to uh, add um, uh, things and you know to whatever. But that's all part of uh, that's all part of this great genre of nothing. The uh, uh, which you can go back to if you really want to get nuts. And I've told you talked about this before philosophically, uh, the philosophical uh, concept, uh, which in literature and in what was that? Didn't that sound like a? Wait, didn't that sound like a? Uh, uh, it sound like one of those. Uh, is my phone on? Let's see. Huh? Yes. Oh, I see. It was a. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, it's a. Uh, it was my phone. Dun, dun, dun. It's a message from my phone. Uh, I'll I'll get to it later. So. These uh, various, uh, oh, I was saying if you go back to uh, Jean-Paul Sartre and the whole Dada movement, if you want to get, uh, it's, it's fun. It's fun. Uh, and I do this column at 148.ca where I do a, a, a blog a week. And I have very little stories and things and essays and junk like that. I've told you about it. And many of you have gone and saw it and read it, uh, whatever. And I do this, and this series it's a series, but I mean, I uh, once in a while I do this thing. You know, Dada. If history, uh, if history were told by Dadaists, the Dada group, who uh, and I'm not going to get into that either. I'm just going to say that there's a abstract and uh, uh, movement that the turn of the century during the the, the war the, to uh, the war to end all wars. Uh, that involves itself with the type of thing, uh, with the poetry uh, that, uh, you know, um, I don't don't want to get into poetry. (laughs) Point being that there's something about nothing, there's something about nothing that no one gets, and I get it, and you should get it too. Would I suggest this movie? Yes. But uh, I'm going to use the second part of this show. I can't say second half because I don't think I'm going to go that far because now you know what's happening now with all these clothes? Now I'm, getting, now I'm warm. Too, you get too warm and too cold. You know what that means? That means, uh, that means, uh, that's the, uh, that's the formula. No, formula's not the word. That's the, uh, those are the ingredients. I don't know about ingredients because that's food. <laughs> the elements of catching a cold, I guess. But my name is Frank Cotolo, man, his name adorns the title of the show. Um, and uh, what I want to uh, talk about is this uh, Vigo movie. Now, the two Vigo movies, movies, I have talked about a history of, uh, of, uh, of violence sometime in the annals of this show. And that's a good point for me now to tell you that the archives of this show although they do not go back to the beginning of this show, not this show particular, 
the beginning of the run of this show, which takes us all the way back to the early 2000s. Uh, they do not go that far back. But there are many of these shows, like I'm doing, uh, that go back at least this year, uh, are all for you to listen to or to download, to comment upon, to hate, to not listen, you know, <laughs> to, uh, to make a wave file and screw around with your editing, whatever the case may be, at juicedtalk.com. Juiced Talk. J-U-I-C-E-D-T-A-L-K.com. And today I discovered that you can't put in Juiced Talk to a uh, to Google, to a search engine, and, and get it. I don't understand this one at all, because I thought anything you put in there, and there was always some reference to whatever you put in there, but you couldn't, so I'm telling you. JuicedTalk.com. Also, this show, as I'm obviously doing it right now, is live, but I mean, it's also... Every show is live when they do it, but it's being broadcast live on uh, Thursday night in the in uh, Eastern Standard Time at uh, 9 p.m. Uh, and uh, it's a, you know, I don't know what it is. What is it in England? I don't know. It's two. And, and, and then in, uh, uh, if you're listening in uh, Iraq, it's the morning show. But these shows, uh, as they are archived, you can hear them also on other stations. Uh, Catolo Chronicles pops up on many places. We're on five days a week at True Talk Radio, and I think twice a day. So I don't know how it's done. So you can go listen, or do, or you can listen uh, to the other stations. Put it on while you're doing work on your computer, because the computers are strong enough to do that now. They're empowered with with gigs and mega gigs and and what's the, what's the gig zip gig man um a green book you know i don't, I don't want to talk about green book the movie itself because i want you to see it and and this it's good time to see it around christmas i mean you know this time of the year if not it's not christmas uh you know hanukkah whatever gives you the season uh whatever holiday falls into the season. The season is just the season. Uh, and uh, you can uh, uh, listen. You can watch this movie, which does take place in a time that I'm referring to it right now, up to holidays of the world around the end of the year. I don't want to tell you about what I want to tell you is that watch it. I will not be sorry if you watch this movie. And don't you know, don't go looking for reviews of this one. And if you can't get through a half hour of this movie, then I don't know. But my point about this movie is that I think it should be required viewing, especially in high schools. I know that could bring up some legal and political problems because of how a certain certain mindsets want history to be taught. But there's a lot of history in this, and it does have to do with uh, uh, racial inequality. Uh, 
and in our time, certainly not in the time of Gen Zs, but I know of racial inequality issues from my generation. And it's still going on in different energies, in different uh, strengths of... Now I'm reaching, right? <laughs> I'm not, you know, my name's not the source, okay? It goes on now in many ways, many levels, many, many, with many types of people. And uh, this is a movie with a theme and certainly with a heart. Uh, and when movies that deal with person to person, especially when it's a racial. Uh, People, tribes, I should just say tribes of people in terms of their religion, uh, their uh, appearance, uh, their, uh, you know, their patriotism. I don't know what, I don't know what that means. I, I don't know what, I, maybe not patriotism. The point is that uh, uh, the, uh, the diversity, that's it, the diversity of the tribes and how they relate to one another and how easy they should be able to get along. And I think that if you teach people the values of the movie Green Book and discuss them and talk about them in the presence of diverse groups of young people, and I mean young people because they're young, and high school especially, because, uh, you know, when high school is over, even now, uh, people either go to college or they don't. But uh, even going to college, which is a, just an entirely different experience than being in grade school and then junior highs, you have that, or just going to high school. But the point is you start to live life in a different plane, in a different way, uh, and uh, after you're completed with the amount of education that you are required to have, even though high school is not, I don't think, through it. But people can quit high school. And, but, you know, then they wind up getting equivalency. Or anything. You know what I'm talking about. High school kids. And you know, that makes so much more sense than showing a movie that might be a propaganda <laughs> film. And I and on the other side, they don't show these movies anymore. They don't have these uh, school assembly or even classroom uh, hours where they show a film and then discuss it or what have you. Do they? I don't think they do. But reading a book, of course, uh, I'm not going against reading. Reading books have values to certain curriculum and I'm all for all of those uh, discussion and, uh, and, t and tell, you know, how people relate to uh, certain pieces of literature that can help them that are more than just an adventure novel. I, or, you know, they, there's no class. I don't believe there's a class in any school, college or high school, where, you know, one, we, where in the, in the curriculum or in one particular year, you, they show you all the uh, expendable movies. <laughs> and I don't think that happens because there's very little, ah, there's little, little ah, there's nothing to learn and not the nothing that is artistic. But it's, you know, it's fun. It's a roller coaster. But Green Book is different. It's so except, it's exceptional on every 
level. And when something is exceptional, it carries with it a a blanket of value that must be absorbed. And a good time to present that to youngins, youngins, whoever said that, to young people, high school, and then into college. I think high school is it. I don't think, you know, by co- if you haven't seen it by college, uh, then, you know, okay. But, I mean, as part of a curriculum, I don't know how to do that. I don't know what. All I, if I was a teacher, I would tell everybody of anything. I, if I was a teacher of any subject, I would tell my class, watch Green Book. And I would give them an assignment. The assignment is, what do you get from this? How did it make you feel at the end? About what it's about. <laughs> uh, and and, I, and uh, a good piece, a great piece like Green Book, can't be talked about beforehand. And that's why I'm not giving you the story or anything about it or what it even means to be called Green Book. You don't know. You don't know. Vigo is in that, they said, and he's wonderful. The history of violence is uh, has more, uh, it has a lot of value. but It's based upon a, I've talked about this too, graphic novel. Graphic novels have produced some wonderful stories, and which have turned into uh, films. They're seen, they're uh, they're graphic, not novels. So you know they're, they're they're comic books, comic books without superheroes that just tell stories, tell some great stories. As in uh, a history of violence, was a graphic novel. Vigo was also in a movie. No, he wasn't in the other movie. Uh, no, Vigo wasn't in that movie. Uh, another great movie that comes from a graphic novel is Road to Perdition. Road to Perdition. <laughs> he said it again. Perdition, Road to Perdition, Road to Perdition. Try to say that five times. See? There's a, see? Well, I said it, and kind of, and, and another thought came out. You know, and that was what? Tell, if you want to be in radio, and who doesn't? <laughs> who doesn't? Who can? How can I even make a living doing it? I don't know. My name is Frank Cattolo, the man whose name adorns the title of the show. And I'm I'm not going to uh, get much further into this. I did want to mention one thing, and I'm not going to tell you the whole story, but I do want to mention that uh, someone else is going to be talked about when uh, the artist D and I hit the mics in the last Thursday of the year for the roll call from the Bone Garden where we'll be telling you, we'll be addressing, how are we addressing, we're telling you, we'll be listing celebrities in all walks of of life, sports, science, uh, you know, celebrities in all, not genres, subjects, and sports, and entertainment, and uh, science, and uh, rocket ships, or whatever. Uh, and you will get uh, the, the most extensive, the most extensive? Yeah, it would be. No, it would get an extensive list. 
the list you get at the end of the year that says, oh, celebrities, well-known people who have passed away this year. And uh, even though they're not always actors or musicians or artists, or, uh, you, know, you don't get the ones we get. We got the big list, and we talk about them, and uh, a lot of them uh, come from, uh, a lot of them have attached to them personal stories uh, from me and from uh, the artist D. So uh, we add to it. And uh, a lot of these names you'll never hear again, but uh, this is their last, this is the last hurrah uh, to uh, welcome into our memories people who have shared earth and knowledge and uh, in ways that, uh, you know, are not necessarily direct. In other words, <laughs> they did stuff, they did stuff for humanity. Humanity, ah, oh, the humanity of it. And 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 uh, the other day, people were asking me if I knew a guy named, known as, simply known as Gallagher, a comedian, who is known. For, <laughs> this is you went know, about nothing. Here's here's nothing. Here's nothing humor, uh, which was funny. I gotta tell you. And, and, and so stupid that people were drawn to his shows specifically for him to do this. Part of his routine was to get watermelons, put watermelons on a, uh, uh, a desk that he brought. This is props, his props. Watermelons on, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to say big watermelons. Well, watermelons are big, no matter, even though they're a little, little round ones. Yeah, but, you know, the normal-sized watermelons on a desk, like maybe three of them. And he had a sledgehammer, and he, and he, uh, he does a, a funny commercial. He does a parody of a commercials that used to be like a Vegematic, which was the, uh, one of the first ones. They still sell that junk in the middle of the night, you know, where you put an apple in there and you chop, 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 and you chop. And they, they called it Vegematic. Uh, there were all sorts of omatics. Uh, that was the suffix to, for vegetables. If you wanted a slice, a slice-o-matic, vegematic for vegetables, bread-o-matic, I don't know, dough-o-matic. I, there are a lot of omatics out there. Well, he does one with watermelons. He calls it the sledge-o-matic, called it the sledge-o-matic. And he would smash the watermelons. And that's what the sledge-o-matic was. So he's talking, you know, got yourself a sledge-o-matic. And he would just cremate. No, no, that has to do with the fire. No, he would uh, destroy the watermelon with with the sledgehammer on stage, and uh, they used to get plastic. Uh, the people in the first couple of rows, they used to give them plastic so that when he did the routine, they wouldn't get completely immersed in watermelon <laughs> seeds. Uh, you know, pieces of uh, of the inside meat, and uh, you know, and of course, water. Uh, be splashed, and so you don't want to wear a good outfit and get good seats to see Gallagher. And then people ask me when uh, people such as him, and you know, some entertainment people, because my background said, "Did you ever? Did you know him? Did you know Gallagher?" Uh, and uh, I wasn't too uh, well. I'm, yeah, I'm gonna. I might tell you the whole story when comes time 
to listen to because I gotta I gotta do a tease here, right? I'm gonna tell you now, and I might you know uh, my story about Gallagher who passed away at 76 this week. So I didn't tell those people. And I'm not telling you, but it's just one of the teases having to do with roll call from the Bone Garden with the artist D and I. This I don't know what year uh, the the artist it didn't this didn't start out with the artist they started out with uh, uh, I don't know who did, I did it by myself first and then later on uh, uh, I think I did it with uh, Larry Michaelich who you hear his voice during some of these promos and uh, uh, who was with us for a while he's no longer with us uh, and uh, but was uh, part of the show uh, you know kind of a sidekick guy for a while and, and, and a technician uh, so uh, and then uh, the artist D and I just did it just you know we have a chemistry and we uh, mix that chemistry when it's time for the roll call from the Bone Garden now here's something else speaking of holidays I want to make this announcement for only the second or third I've lost count you know there was a time I was always on I'm always on Thursdays when I'm on, whether it's pieces of me or whatever. And sometimes I'm not on because I'm not. I take off and other things happen, okay? But the only holiday that falls on a Thursday repeatedly is Thanksgiving in the United States of America. And I think it was last year or the year before I started taking off for the first time. I was here, and we used to promote it. And if you went to the archives, well, I don't know. You might not. I don't know how far back those archives go, but you could see if you go to the, the blog, catolochronicles.blogspot.com, you find there, on the side, on the left side, left column, uh, dates uh, of every posting Almost since the, not from the beginning of the show, per se, because we did not record X amount, I don't know, a year or two or three, because we did not have the technology. But all the recordings are there, and you can see a list. If you click one of them, you can go to like March of 2010, or uh, I think it goes back to, well, it goes before 2008. It goes back to six, maybe. I don't know. Point being, uh, uh, what is the point? The point is that every Thursday that is a Thanksgiving, I've been taking off. Because, uh, you know, I've, I've done my damage. <laughs> I've been, been here a long time. I've done my damage. And I take the night off. So next week, as you're listening to this right now, we're slating this. Let's slate it. That's the slate. November 17th, 2022. I don't even like saying it. The next Thursday is Thanksgiving in the United States, so enjoy it if you're celebrating it anywhere in the world. But there will be no Cotolo Chronicles that night. Not even a repeat. Not even a classic show. You just have the cloud here. But you will have us back 26th of 9, 30, 31, as December 
rises. December rising. Sagittarius rising in December. We will be back for more shows. And there are people coming back who have been on and who will be on again. We'll announce them as time goes on and we'll run through the holidays and that last, I don't have a calendar in front of me, that last Thursday of 2022, live, and then it will be on the other stations. Find out those other stations by just Googling or binging. I guess you could say binging. You can make binging into a verb. Bing or excite. I don't know. Is excite still have any engine you use that searches? <laughs> Not any engine you use. You can find out where to hear it. But listening live is great because it's the end of the year. There won't be another Thursday after that for 2022 ever. And it's always fun when uh, the artist D is here. Uh, very busy, the artist D, through the year. So we have not had. And uh, the artist D has a show and a podcast. Go look for that. Just Google that. See, Google's become the verb. No one says Yahoo that. Huh? Things change. As much as things change, they stay the same. That's a wiz. That's a wisdom. It's a piece of wisdom. You just want to spit out. What else? Uh, all this other stuff that I'm not going to talk about on this particular show, which I do want to talk about, but I can keep those uh, notes together. I'm going to cross out the Cronenberg thing because uh, that's going to be the end of that. And we're going to talk about other things as time goes on with other people as time goes on. And I guess I am. Uh, and that, that takes care of that. That was, uh, okay. Okay, the movie, Crimes of the Future. I'm <laughs> ripping it up. That was, that was bad syntax. That was bad artistic syntax. Uh, and, oh yeah, I'm talking about the nothing thing. I'm going to talk about it more. One show, I, I'll have a show somewhere. Uh, uh, with the, ah, which one I'm, I dropped it. Hey, good, I got to pick this up. Well, I caught which I have, uh, uh, which I have placed into a form called a literature verite. Speaking of verite, Tom Savino will be back when we talk about other things, other vowels. Vowels? Did I say vowels? Oh, I know is uh, we're done. I think we're, we're pretty much we're pretty much through with whatever it is we were doing. And uh, that can only mean one thing. My name is Frank. Frank, here's another idea. Oh, 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 where'd you come from? I've been walking next to you the entire time. Friday, he went back and I walked by the table and I said, how are you, Don? Nice to see you. He said, can't you see I'm eating, Frank? What are you doing? <laughs> Frank, what the hell are you doing? Hello, hello, hello. I'm Frank, remember? The results say that you, Frank, are absolutely not my father, but my father is a close relative, most likely one of your brothers. 
that has buggers? Hey, you know, I, I think I met the one that sells smoked sausage and razor blades out of the trunk of his car. Right. If your name is Frank, be sure to get in touch with me at fcatolo at yahoo.com. I might have something special for you. If you're a listener of Frank and you scream, you understand what it's like to have people screaming as the drum beats running or walking through their own gauntlet. <laughs> write to me. Write to me, anybody who wants to, fcatolo at yahoo.com. Also... Go buy the books at Amazon at lulu.com and blurb.com. This is going to make a, just some great Christmas and Hanukkah gifts and whatever other kind you got to do there. Good night, Mrs. Ernstweil, wherever you may be uh, located. And of course, welcome back, Catherine. We found you. <laughs> okay. My name is Frank Cattolo, man whose name joins the title of the show, and the show, not the program, just the show, is uh, going to ride itself out right now because, because, not because of, but just so happens I have nothing more to say. Mm-hmm.